Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Well, it's two more sleeps until Christmas. One more sleep until Dad's go shopping, apparently. That's what people say. <laughs> people are amening. Who has finished their shopping? Who is a person of great faith and is going out tomorrow to pick up some bits? Everyone, just stretch your hand out towards these people. We're going to pray for them. I don't know if you're into praying for car park spaces, but pray for that. But no, it's good. Hey, what a great season it is, the Christmas season. And I want to encourage you tonight that even though many things fight for our attention in this season, and, though, and even though many other things seek to be celebrated in this season, make sure for you and your family that you celebrate Jesus this Christmas. You celebrate the birth of Jesus. And you know, it's not about Kris Kringle. It's not even about John McClain. It's not even about Kevin McAllister. <laughs> Sorry, that one. Yeah, people are booing me. <laughs> Come on, everybody. The, the season of Christmas is about the birth of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going to continue to celebrate and, uh, and worship God together tomorrow night for our Christmas Eve services. And we've got some great, uh, some great things in the service, which are just going to be a beautiful presentation of the Nativity story. And uh, I got to have a sneak peek earlier this afternoon. And I was, um, this might be an overshare, but I was like getting a little bit touched by it. And Anthony's editing it and it was, you know, having a conversation. He's like, what do you reckon? I was, <clears throat> it's great. I was trying not to look, make it look like I was crying, but... It is awesome. And so I want to encourage everybody to be here tomorrow night. And especially if you are someone who is a believer, is a Christian, think about who can invite to come and hear the message of Christmas tomorrow. And we're going to believe that many people connect with Jesus Christ for the first time this weekend or maybe reconnect with Him. And I think it's such a great weekend to do that, the Christmas weekend. And so my, my message tonight, I'm just going to preach for about three hours or so, um, is... I want to preach on the nativity, but I've called this message Human Humble Here. Because the nativity story, the story we find in Scripture of Jesus' birth, is God showing us that Jesus Christ was human, that He was humble, and that He was here. And I want to talk tonight about what the implications of that are for you and I. They're powerful, they are for you, and God wants to do something incredible in your life. And it has been enabled because of the story of Christmas. Jesus Christ's coming. And I love what someone said on stage tonight. He didn't stay a baby. He became a man, that man died for us and he rose again and he is in heaven seated next to the Father. And it's because of him that we too can spend eternity with God in heaven. And so let's read a bit of the Christmas story together tonight as uh, we get ready to uh, hear some points. So we're going to read from Luke chapter 1 verse 26 and it says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, 
to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Love that in verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. What a great answer. <laughs> Can you imagine having this, this great task, this great responsibility placed on you? And the response is, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. We're going to fast forward a little bit to chapter 2, verse 6. And here we have the birth. It says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she, meaning Mary, gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I love this picture. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. Can someone say Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible, the scripture, the holy word of God that we've been given is the story of a holy God, a loving God, and then a broken, created people, which is you and I. Yeah. But the Scripture tells the story of what God has done to bring the two together, what God has done to, to bring a broken people into a relationship with Himself. He is our Creator. He is our Heavenly Father. And He's not just holy. He is loving. He wants to be in a personal relationship with us. And the nativity story really presents the solution to the problem, the solution to the gap that is between holy God and broken people. And the solution comes in the form of a little baby. And I love what the song says, born that man no more shall die. We sang that tonight. You know, physically, yes, people will still die, but spiritually, 
Now, because of Jesus, it is possible for those who would believe in Jesus that they will not perish but have eternal life. He is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our surrender. And in the nativity story we just read there, you see Mary surrender so much to God. You know, she needed to carry a child for nine months. And, uh, you know, many times when you talk to uh, men, they might be pretty pumped to have their fourth or fifth child, and they're really excited for it. And then you ask the wife, hey, are you on board with this? And they're like, mm-mm. And it's because they actually have to carry the baby. And Mary had to pay a great cost to carry this child. She had to surrender over her body to carry the Son of God. This was no easy task, yet she believed in the message. She believed in the message because she had a pretty good messenger, right? She had an angel appear before her. But even Joseph in this story, Joseph had an angel appear before him and tell him that the woman who was supposed to be his future wife was to have a child to the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, what did he have to surrender? Not his body, but certainly his pride. He had to surrender his pride, what people might think about him, what people might perceive of him. He surrendered that because he believed in the message. He believed in the message that holy God was trying to reconnect with broken people and he was using his son, Jesus Christ, to do it. You might be here tonight and be like, look, I will believe anything if the messenger is an angel. You might be like, Jordan, if you were an angel tonight sharing this message, I'm in. Unfortunately, I am not an angel. Just ask my wife, she'll tell you. (laughs) But the interesting thing for you and I is that the message of Jesus, the message of the Saviour coming, it's not coming like, like it did to Mary. It's interesting because the message and the messenger are one. The message and the messenger are one. The messenger is Jesus Christ, that God sent His one and only Son to the earth to die in our place so that we could be connected to God. He is the message and the messenger all in one. He came to the earth to live a sinless life, to show us the way, to die and rise again and to ascend to heaven and leave behind the Holy Spirit. The nativity shows us that Christ is and was human that He is humble and that He was here. I don't, remember, I don't know if anyone else in high school used to do a, unless your name's Jordan, but you do like a George was here. Anyone used to do that? George was here, not on any property, just, you know, around the place. But Jesus Christ was here. And His imprint, His footprint is on more than you know. There is evidence of Christ being here all over the world. The the scripture teaches us that the word became flesh. And I like to to term Jesus as God in a bod. God in the flesh. There's a pastor that I love and he said that it was like God put skin and bone on and came to the earth. You know, I went to an Anglican school for middle school and we used to do a lot of talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I I struggled to comprehend the concept that God was God the Father, Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. It's beautifully simple, yet simply one of the most complex concepts in Scripture. 
You know, some people like to use the, the Cerberus, which is this Greek myth- mythological dog where it's one dog with three heads. You know, it's not quite that, but what we see is that w- we serve one God in three persons. You know, Pastor Div's going to do a six-week series unpacking the Godhead. No, but in, in all seriousness, <laughs> in all seriousness, we... We are gonna, I would love to unpack that with, with church in the future. But what I want to say is this, is that Scripture teaches us in the book of Peter, it says that Christ, He was known before the foundation of the world. But at the point in time where the nativity story happened, that was when Christ the Son was revealed. He came to earth and Scripture teaches us He was fully God and fully man. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then later in verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh, Jesus Christ, and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, Hebrews chapter 4 has this beautiful scripture says this in verse 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, speaking of Jesus, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin." Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We have the greatest example in Jesus Christ because He lived like you and I live. Yet He did not sin. He was tempted like we were tempted, yet He did not sin. Jesus being human means that He understands. Jesus being human means that He can empathize with us. He lived like you and I. He experienced joy, but he also experienced grief. He experienced loss. He experienced sorrow. He understands. He can connect with you. He lived like us, yet he did not sin. Fully God, fully man. He can empathize with us. You know, he was human and he was humble. You know, many different religions around the world, it's all about how man needs to reach God. What do I need to do to ascend into the place where God is? How can I be good enough to ascend into the place, into the spaces and the sphere of where God is? How can I be holy enough to get near God? But Jesus Christ in humility was not waiting for us to go to Him. He came to us. Our God came down for us. Like one theologian says, God came into our mess down into the dirt to get us out of it. He wasn't up top there in a way that can't relate to us saying, get up here. He was saying, I'm going to become like you and come down there. God was reaching out to us through Jesus Christ. God was reaching out to you through Jesus Christ. The stable, the manger, this was not an elaborate arrival. This was not first class on Emirates. This was not roll out the red carpet. This was in fact, there's no room for you. We're just going to chuck you out the back here. This was a humble entrance. 
You know, later in Scripture, we see that Jesus would even make his way into Jerusalem on a donkey, not on a mighty horse. And I think it's because that the humble message of, of the nativity, it reaches a humble heart. It reaches a humble heart. Can you receive a Savior who would come like that? Or are we put off by the fact that it wasn't in the most likely of circumstance? But I would say that Jesus used the unlikeliest of ways for a Savior, for God to enter, to save those who we might deem the most unlikeliest of people to be able to connect with God. Bethlehem, the donkey, it's symbolic and intentional. It speaks of humility, that Jesus Christ came to serve Mark 10.45 says that even the Son of Man, the Son of God, came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost. He is for you. He is reaching out to you. He came in humility to serve, to bring salvation to the earth. He was human. He is humble. And He was here. It's like that little graffiti thing. George was here. You need to know Jesus was here. And I love the Old Testament is full of little hidden gems, foretellings of the Savior to come, prophecies. Hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament were fulfilled in the birth, life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we see that pop culture has drawn from this. I was into a show. I'm not endorsing it. But um, I was into a show where it was told that a Super Saiyan would come. <laughs> and uh, there's a movie that we all know of where there was one to come who would bring balance to the force. Again, not giving it away. You can. Pop culture's drawn on this idea that someone is coming who is going to make things right. And it comes from the Bible. The Bible is full of these foretellings of a Savior to come. But you know, many people were not anticipating that that Savior would come as a baby who would need to be changed, would need to be raised. They thought he would come and just be like already jacked and ready to go. He doesn't need to be jacked. Anyway, he came as a baby. The unlikeliest of ways to reach people who we'd say is unlikely that they should be in heaven. But he used an unlikely, humble way, and he came. Jesus was here, and his imprint is on everything. It's on culture. It's on art. It's on government. It's on everything has the imprint of Jesus having been here. But you know where Jesus wants his imprint most is on your heart. In your heart and in your life and in the way that you behave, is there, is there an essence, is there a, a, a sense that Jesus was here? Because when Jesus has been somewhere, everything is changed. Everything is changed. Freedom comes. Joy comes. Peace comes. Breakthrough comes. I can speak for my life and my heart that Jesus was here. And I can say with all confidence that Jesus by His Spirit is here. You know, Acts chapter 16 is the, the part of Scripture where Jesus ascends back to heaven after he's risen from the dead. Let's read a little bit of that together. It says this in Acts 16, 16, 7. This is Jesus speaking. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. 
But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Verse 16, Jesus went on to say, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. When is Jesus coming back? In a little while. We'll see his body again, but right now his body is in heaven with God the Father, but God's Spirit has been sent to the earth. God's Spirit to inhabit the hearts of his people. Jesus Christ was here, and by his Spirit, he is here. By his Spirit, Jesus Christ is still here. His body is not with us. In a little while, you'll see me no more, but in a little while, you'll see me again. I know that I will see Jesus' glorified, risen body once. I've not seen it before. I nearly said once again. I've not seen it before. I know that I will see it. But I know that because of Jesus Christ's coming, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his Holy Spirit, I know that Jesus lives in me. It's no longer just a Jesus was here written on my heart. It's a Jesus lives here. It's an address for the Spirit of God. I just invite the worship team to join me. Jesus wants to put his imprint on your heart. This Christmas, don't just give Jesus a thought. Give him your life. He has done everything to reach out to you. Jesus Christ is not a God where you must do something to get to him. It's receiving what he's already done for you. Jesus did not stay a baby. He became a man. He became an obedient man to the will of God, even to die on a cross for you and I, so that the penalty for sin would be paid and so that we would not need to pay it when we couldn't, but we would just receive that gift from Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 is one of my favourite scriptures in the Bible. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Revelations 21 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. 
and He will dwell with them. They will be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And lastly, John 3, 16 verse 17 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. You know, the message of Christmas, the story of Christmas, the nativity, it's not just a nice message. And what I mean by that is, oh, that's nice. It is the greatest message of all time. It is the message that God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, God who has no beginning and has no end, wants to be in a relationship with you. Despite what's going on in your life, despite the mistakes that you've made, maybe the things you deeply regret, despite that, God wants to be in a relationship with you. And He sent His Son, God in a bod, God in the flesh, down to earth to live a sinless life. And then at Easter, to die on a cross in our place. And then to not stay dead, but to rise again, leave behind His Spirit, and ascend to heaven to God the Father so that you and I can be free from the penalty of sin. We can be free to live for God, to serve for God, to know God. And this side of heaven, we can have a life of purpose. And that on the other side of eternity, we'll be in heaven with God the Father. I just want to invite you to stand to your feet just for a moment. And right across the room, I just want to invite you to close your eyes just to focus on this moment, to focus on God, to not get distracted in this time thinking about other things. But in this moment, we close our eyes to focus on our connection to God. Are you in a relationship with God? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in Him? If you haven't, tonight is an opportunity for you to, by faith, receive the gift of Jesus Christ. God has done it all. Jesus Christ has done it all. It's just about receiving by faith the gift that God is extending to you. You cannot outsin the love of God. God is reaching out to you. He has a, 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 a free life for you, a life full of purpose. He's got an eternity awaiting for you with Him but you just need to put your faith in Him. You need to put your trust in Him and receive that gift. So right now in this moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you know tonight I need to put my faith in Jesus Christ, I need to connect with God, on the count of three, just shoot your hand up and I would love to pray with you tonight and believe for God to begin a supernatural work in your life. We're going to believe for God to set you free and to take you into new life. So if that's you here tonight, you want to be in a relationship with God, you want to put your faith in Jesus, on the count of three, just shoot your hand up. I'd love to pray with you. One. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. 
If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.